Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Blue Talks. Pleasure and gold nuggets gained from such a fantastic audience. It has been years for me to be on a stage. So it's with nerves, but such pleasure. Absolutely. From confessions of a dietitian, because there's a few, and bridging the gap with the domino diet formula. I know majority of the people in this room know that you become what you think and that you are what you eat. But did you know that you are how you eat and how you breathe? That seems to get breezed past often. Nonetheless, I'm here to talk about how we can look closer to that breath part that actually has been weaving through the messaging here. But first, let me tell you about a story about this little girl. This is me, six years old. I'm pretty proud wearing my pink poncho with my purse across my shoulder underneath and I'm shopping feeling pretty grown up with my mom. And upon shopping, I spot candied lipsticks and I could have a candied lipstick or at least a lipstick like mom's, but this is candy. But mom denied my request. So I took matters into my own hands and whisked one into my concealed purse. When I arrived home, I took that candied lipstick and lathered that strawberry sugar on my lips. And I tell you, it was sweet, delicious, lingering strawberry on my lips until I thought, oh, what about when mom finds out and won't God be mad? (laughs) So I threw it on the neighbor's lawn and I went to retrieve it. And with an Oscar winning performance, I said, Look what I found. (laughs) But instead of an Oscar, I was marched back to the store where it came from and I had to confess my sins to the teller and to that angry man in the sky I called God. So this is my first memory. Think about your first memory of feeling guilt and a fear of God and all the anxiousness that comes up with that. And it's connected to food, sugary food to boot. It's Thanksgiving. I'm eight years old. I'm extra thankful. I get to sit at the adult table. So I proudly propped with my hands in position and my feet dangling. My feet still dangle, nonetheless. (laughs) I prepared to say, I'm thank you for this food. I'm thank you for the chef. Oh, and I'm thank you for sitting at the adult table. And as I waited and waited with the smells of turkey and stuffing and the adults gathering around, I continued to wait and wait and wait. And the closest thing to Thanksgiving I was hearing was a lot of gobble gobbling of food. And I was hearing a lot of four letter words. Can't have 
food, diet. Mame, grandma, brought her tray of desserts to the table and those cinnamon buns I smelt baking all day had my name on them. But she sheepishly grabbed one, biting into it, vowing, I'll go on my diet on Monday. What the heck is this diet, I'm wondering? It sure didn't sound very good. I hesitated to continue eating, and I sure as heck hesitated to eat that cinnamon bun. I was even more perplexed because Dad talked about the poor years. You ration a can of beans for three days or something like that while you walk uphill sideways. These were the stories. So now there was a bounty of food on the table, fear to eat it. Fear of hunger, fear to eat it. This is my first memory of having negative food relationships etched into my memory, passed down by role models unknowingly. Fast forward, I'm 10. I'm playing with my Barbie motorhome and I'm just hungry enough to pull away from my imaginary world, imaginary world and walk to the kitchen. And on the way I hear, Carrie, it looks like you've gained weight. Well, I didn't even know I had a body. You had to tell me to brush my hair and teeth. And I sure as heck didn't know it was flawed. So this is my first memory of having a flawed body and contemplating this thing Mame talked about, a diet. I'm only 10. Now it did prime my mind to quest this word diet and think about food in a way of also curiosity around it. And I just so happened to be surrounded by shelves of vitamins my parents sold for a distributor company. And I had books about them. I was reading the Nutritional Almanac book like it was Vogue magazine at 13, and I thought that was normal. But it did equip me enough to go into alternative medicine as my first career. But the curiosity just continued and cultivated even deeper, and I went to become a registered dietitian for the better part of 30 years. So I felt pretty equipped to talk about health. It's just a five-year study thing, you know? There's not much to it, but nonetheless, hey, I felt equipped to talk about that word health. That word heal inside that word health stood out to like bold print to me. I was completely passionate about it, loved talking about it. You heard about a marathon thing. Oh, yeah, I ran marathons. I was just messenger for being a dietitian. Hey, eat your fruits and vegetables, pretty much was the way it went for me. I was really fortunate because I was learning about wellness in the 80s. This is when carbohydrates are the best. Everybody's talking about carb up, carb up powders, fructose, the fruit and sugar. They were putting that in everything. It was bragged about. Manufacturers were saying, look it, we got fructose in it. Then came the 90s and the 90s was all about fat. We were looking at omega-3s and we were looking at cold press oils and the low-fat era pivots at that point too. Light, low-fat products. So we were good with fat, but afraid of fat. Hearing a theme? And then came the proteins. You know, beforehand they weren't talking about proteins. It was sold in these little brown sugary bags, like brown sugar today, and it was powdery, chalky, terrible tasting, and terrible to mix. Nobody was talking about it. But all of a sudden, protein had its turn, and it was the best. And fruits pff, don't have that, there's sugar in it. But eat your bacon and bologna, no problem. <laughs> Confusing or what? Now here's a little news flash. 
Are you hearing the trend of plant-based eating happening right now? There's a push for that. What do you think that is? It's carbohydrates. So carbohydrates are making a comeback. <laughs> so see the sexiness in this marketing where let's take the macronutrients. Macronutrients are the proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. And let's have them duke it out. And we'll find sexy ways to market that. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, why is this happening? I had been studying these giants. I knew a lot about what was happening inside those giants called the micronutrients. Nobody was talking about the micronutrients. These are the vitamins, fiber, probiotics, all the things you might even hear about for the rest of this day. They're inside the carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. There are good carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, and also not so good. But you can't have one without the other. To say, take a carbohydrate group out means you're taking vitamins out. And I knew this. Our vitamins are what help us heal. They are our cellular growth. They help you have good hair. This is really important. They help you reverse age. Even more important to me. So to, to really actually focus on the more bottom line importance of nutrition to me is talking about these micronutrients. But most of the diets were taking you on paths of restriction and lack and a lot of guilt cycles and taking a lot of the health away. And to me, the word heal was falling right outside that word health. So my passion was starting to wane a bit. Nonetheless, I dig in and I'm going a little harder. I'll go into sports nutrition. I'll go with the IOC. I'll start to look at fuel performance. Nonetheless, being a messenger as a dietitian was all great until I turned into a mess. The poster child of a dietitian's mess, really. I went through a nasty divorce. It's not uncommon, but apparently mine had to be. But I think what happened really is the, the guilt stacking upon guilt. That little girl who stole the, the lipstick, and then a few things that might have happened in between, let's just face it, stacked upon stacking upon stacking, hadn't really completely healed and released. Nor did the one who felt flawed. Nor did the one who had this curiosity around the negative part of foods. And why this really matters is my dis-ease of guilt manifested in my body. I believe it perpetuated in my body because I was feeling such guilt. I ended up with, a, ironically, a lump on my pituitary gland and a lump on my thyroid. It was like my body was in a tug of war between feeling pregnancy and menopause at the same time. Somebody yesterday talked about the four seasons in a cycle. Mine were happening all at once. I was going through this menopause, definitely. I don't know why the word men has to be in this word menopause, by the way. But it was weight gain. It was blood sugar swings. It was mood swings. It was exhaustion. And I did not feel I could be a messenger as a dietitian. How could I stand there talking about health when my, when my own was in question? And it felt to me like I was a fraud. Being a fraud and not having impact, that meant I didn't feel I had purpose. So I'm losing my own health. I'm losing my career as far as I'm concerned. And my relationship's kind of tumbling pretty good here. Divorce. Where do I turn? Where do I go? I felt like a child lost between two divorced parents. Non-alternative medicine and alternative medicine. They don't really speak to one another. And they like to point out each other's flaws. Yet neither one of them are solving the health problems in the world 
and they sure as heck weren't solving mine because all I was seeing was a lot of missing pieces. I contemplated, not proud to say, without purpose in my life of throwing in the towel, retiring. I contemplated suicide. Quite honestly, I did a lot of whining and a lot of wine went with that too. Maybe that saved me, I'm not sure, but it didn't help really actually when it came to feeling like a messenger of health. But I heard a small voice. I know you guys know what I mean, a small voice. It matters, but sometimes you drowned it. Well, I let it, I let it speak to me. It was just quiet enough. I wasn't running. I heard it. Go bridge the gap. You're made for more. Go bridge the gap. Well, I knew about symptoms. If you had emotional eating, if you were stressing, here's the carrots and here's the grapes, but I didn't necessarily know all the cause components to it and how to bridge that gap. I could tell you about vitamins and I could tell you about the nutrition from a menu point of view maybe, but I couldn't necessarily tell you when you were in your dire straits how to really implement that when you're so tired because that's where I was. So I had to know more about the mind and I heard the voice kind of say, go back to the root causes. And I had that inclination that for me, that meant becoming a life coach. So you throw on another hat and you learn a few more tools and it actually filled up a treasure trove of tools for me because I learned about self-sabotage, why it happens in the first place. I learned about the hidden barriers of success. Why do we fear success in the first place? I actually heard, heard the voice telling me, go look more about that word diet. Do you know that the word diet, the true meaning is a Greek word, dieta. Comes from that Greek origin word dieta, meaning a way of life. What? <laughs> we weren't doing that. So I was learning more of that root and how to implement it. I knew about the body. I started to know more about the mind, the spirit. That was that angry man in the sky relationship. So I had to really look at that. And I started to study A Course in Miracles and a few other things within my life coaching certification. Now I was seeing a completeness, mind, body, spirit. We're all mind, body, spirit. If you're only treating just the body or the mind, or even, hey, just the spirit, that program's incomplete. That, I think, is why we're chasing and making these cycles. Nonetheless, I was filling up my treasure trove and understanding that spirit word even deeper. The word sin is actually an archery term in the Greek language, meaning you missed the mark. Oh my goodness, when I seen that, I thought, what? that some of the guilt just went, Whoa. missed the mark? Well, who hasn't missed the mark? It lightened it for me. Who? can't correct course once you notice that you missed the mark. So that gave me hope. This was a game changer for me also. It might be hard to read, let me just illustrate as much as I can. Our emotions can be measured. Anything that is energy can be measured. A Course in Miracles says there are only two primary emotions, love and fear. That's what it comes down to one way or the other. Guilt and shame are measured at the lowest end of the spectrum at 20 and 30 hertz, where I was sitting as a child temporarily and then waffled off to other areas. But certainly during my divorce, I took bubble baths in guilt. <laughs> and then I noticed the 
breathing and the constriction and contraction, the contracted feeling in the body from that. Where do you think diets are if they're not in the guilt and shame area? Love is up at 500 hertz. Like that is big, big vibrational frequency change. And that is where your body's in expansion. And why this really matters is they did a study on cats. These cats were eating while being x-rayed. Digestion's working great, organs are working great, until they brought a dog into the room. And the cat's organs begin to constrict. The heart and so forth is pumping. The diaphragm is shutting down. Some of them are vomiting. So what happens when you and I are eating under stress, driving in traffic, fighting with our spouse? This is where I constructed the Domino Diet formula. I knew about your blood sugars and the high cholesterol and the blood pressure, but I didn't necessarily know the root cause until I was learning all these new materials. And I do say thoughts become things because physiologically your thought creates how you breathe. Your shallow breathing or your deep breathing. Your breathing is what activates your hormones. So important because your hormones actually dictate your feelings not the other way around. And your feelings definitely influence your actions and your actions influence your results. So going back to thinking and breathing became, hey, the domino effect could go like this. I was over here pushing at the dominoes coming up like this. And what do you think's easier? Which one has more effect? The word breath. You might notice I like speaking about root languages. Well, this is a Latin term meaning in spiritus, meaning in spirit. Oh, <laughs> I was feeling now I have I had a connection to that spirit more so. I could align mind, body, spirit by my breath, by air, by oxygen. It's funny, we know if we want to decant some wine, we can go decant it and that oxygenates it. We know what to do, but we don't necessarily understand the oxygen for our own blood our own mind. So this was helping me see the science of it as well as the spirit end of it. And hey, it is not our fault. It's been centuries and centuries and centuries that we were operating by default in the fight flight response. The fight flight response is why we're here today. We were running from mammoths and fighting them and so forth in order to survive. Today, it plays out with fighting with your spouse, driving in traffic, fighting with your teenager. That same chemical response is occurring in your body, regardless if it's a mammoth or not. The difference is we're not fleeing. Why that matters is we're producing cortisol in this fight flight response, one of the hormones, but it's a fat storing hormone. We're not releasing. We go to sit. It is something that correlates to the fluttering of the heart. How many times throughout the day is that occurring in stress? And it's not releasing, so it's correlated to heart disease. So it has a function. We want it at these hospitals for people to act quick. But not by default. We're not running from mammoths really anymore. I did see a bear the other day. But there's another response. It's called the RNR response or the parasympathetic response. Whatever you want to call it, it's the rest, digest create response. Do you hear the word di digest in there? Digest. Those cats were fine when they were eating in the relaxed manner. And we're, we're, when we're eating relaxed, we're producing more serotonin. Serotonin is the mindful feeling 
hormone. It makes you feel fuller. It actually make it actually fulfills you more, and it actually helps you absorb your nutrients and so forth. A lot of dis-ease could be maybe handled before it morphs into disease if we were to remind ourselves to be more calm while we're eating. I don't know why we're not talking about it. So here we are. We have a choice. We have two pathways. The brain is reading your breath. It has been trained to quickly act, to go to fear, to fight flight, or we've been taught various different ways to breathe calmly. Whatever is the most comfortable for you. One is for me, breathing in, breathing out. Because nowhere in history were you running from a mammoth and breathing that way. So the brain's going, oh, all's good in the hood. We flip over to the love, more expansive frequency. So I believe that we can bring our diet back as a way of life. I believe that the macronutrients can all share a plate. I believe that we could adopt uh, an R&R prescription before we eat to breathe in and relax and take in that calm breath, put away the devices, nothing that could activate the fight flight, in other words. And I wonder how much dis-ease we could remove. Certainly for me, learning that calming down, running like I was at the fast pace, adopting a better love behavior for myself, that whole element of guilt and that whole element of feeling flawed in order to really dial into love. We only have the two primary emotions. I would make the choice of that path. Kicking, fear in the rear, meaning actually adopting gratitude. That's the one thing I was looking for that Thanksgiving day. Just have some gratitude around here. But there was a lot of negativity, so it was choice between love and fear once again. I call myself a dietitian on a mission, <laughs> bringing back the true meaning of the word diet and putting the heel back in health. And I feel that that breath is the bridge that is the gap between your thoughts and your results. And just personally speaking, I want to say that uh, at 55, I'm making my second half my best half and reverse aging. And I do believe it's all connected to that mind, body, spirit. So I hope that you also can also incorporate mind, body, spirit as your way of life. It's been a pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.